Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm so glad that when I was looking at all the things that's been going on, I've been reminded of my foundation in Jesus Christ. I'm reminded that he is a redeemer. I'm reminded that the Holy Spirit is a purifier, and I'm reminded that God is the creator. And we must remember our foundation because there's so many tendencies to react and to take a position and to be fixed and this isn't right and this isn't right and my opinion becomes my idol. But are you recognizing the foundation of Jesus Christ in offenses? There's nothing new under the sun. Things have been this way for a long time. I was reading um, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. I've been in that for a couple months. And just the schisms in the church. You know, you got Paul, who's a Jew, but he's mentoring, minister to Gentiles. And then you have Peter ministering to the Jews. There's always been racial um, issues. There's always been some level of status. You know, I think about when when Jesus wanted to minister to that Samaritan, you know, that mixed race woman. Right. He had to wait until his disciples go into town and eat something because he knew he needed a certain atmosphere to minister in the Holy Spirit to this woman, to minister freedom. So today I want to talk to us about our response. Our response is so important. Our response is so important as ambassadors for Christ. You know, we're talking about this series from crisis to revival. And so what we need to recognize is that God is using all things to get us ready for revival. He is purifying us. We must not miss that in our offense, in our stance, in our political um, biases. We must realize that God is doing something. So we must ask ourselves, pay attention to how God is moving and how God is using all of this. Pay attention. He wants us to raise up to the mind of Christ because there, that's when the flow, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is going to be so powerful. I think it's interesting. You know, I was so excited. I was thinking about the new year. You know, I journal. You know, I'm old school. I've been journaling since um, 1995. I really had a diary when I was 13, and um, I had to burn that. Uh, There's blackmail evidence in there. You know, I try to be slick, you know, I try to be, you know, I'm writing in certain things in pig Latin and certain things in French. My mother knew. She was like, what? What is, what is going on? <laughs> but God is so good when you keep records of what he prophesied, when you keep records of the dreams and the visions that he's given you. God is still the God of 2020. He's still the God that gave you dreams, that gave you visions in 2020. You know, I thought about when we were on our retreat and we were so happy and we had all these catchphrases about, oh, 2020 vision, right, right? We were excited, we were at our retreat and we were just like, we're one in Christ. 
We were so excited and we were all talking about what God wants to do in our ministries and what, what God wants to do in our lives. And I'm believing for a husband and I'm believing for a business. And we were just so excited. But then, boom, some things happen. Right. And the thing about it is an emotional carnal response to those to the, those things can make you forget what God spoke to you. Don't forget what God has spoke to us. Don't forget what God is doing in this hour with our church. He is purifying his church. Amen. And so I just think about what we have to do. We must minimize the noise, not minimize the issues, but minimize the noise. Right. How do we minimize the noise? By being quiet before the Lord, by restricting what we listen to on social media, by restricting what we like from our favorite podcast, just by saying, Lord, this is what is going on. And what is my role in this? What is my role in the body of Christ with this? How are my gifts gonna work together for the common good of not only those in my church, but in my community, right? And so I'm just so excited about us being light bearers. Um, I'm just so excited about what God is doing. And so I've just been receiving a lot of calls from pastors who are just distraught and, and want a safe place to, to vent. And how am I going to handle this issue of race? How am I going to handle this issue of, 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 of what's right and what's wrong? And should we be doing this or should we overcompensate this way? And I just say, we are partners with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we are partners with the Holy Spirit and we cannot respond according to the world. But let's talk about some of the things that the enemy wants us to forget. The enemy wants us to forget that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that if we are in him, our future is already taken care of. And so some terrible things happen. Some terrible things happen. I remember January 26th, Lakers basketball legend Kobe Bryant died. I mean, it was like in my household, he's a Lakers fan. It was just like, oh my goodness, I was ready to get the black robe. I mean, he was devastated, <laughs> you know, but it was sad because he had an impact right, over the world. Kobe Bryant was a great ambassador um, for all over the world with, with his excellence. And then I thought about some of the things I wrote down in my journal. February 11th, snow falls in Baghdad, Iraq. Snow fell in Baghdad, Iraq for only the second time in the century. That's happened. See, sometimes if we're not watching the seasons, we can miss, we can miss what God is really doing. Amen? What he's doing. February 22nd, the Dow Jones Index suffers its biggest points fall in history. You know, concerns over COVID. That was huge. March 11th, the COVID um, declared a pandemic by the head of the, the World Health Organization with over 100,000 cases worldwide and over 4,000 deaths at that time. That was on March 11th. March 24th, Japan's prime minister announces postponement of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Isn't that crazy? That's like some big stuff. Some big things are being affected by this. And so I'm just, you know, just looking at my journal, looking at some of the things, the birth and pains, right? And, 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 and this is interesting. March 25th, um, Ahmad Arbery, he was an African-American man. He was shot to death after being chased by two men in Brunswick, Georgia. And that video resurfaced, prompting arrest in May. 
Wow, that was heavy. And then April 2nd record records 6.6 million Americans filed claims for unemployment in the last week to the U.S. Department of Labor, 10 million in over two weeks. That's a lot. So there's a lot going on. So the enemy wants us to mimic the world in our responses. Ah! And I'm not saying we need to go in denial, right? I'm not saying that we don't need to be aware. I, the worst thing is an unaware Christian. You know, they're scary, man. I'm just trusting God. I'm not sick. Where's your arm? Where's your arm? You need your, what's going on? Oh no, God's going to work it out. No, we need to pay attention, but we must not get emotionally and carnally involved so we can't hear what the spirit is saying to us, his people. You know what I'm saying? Like pay attention, but don't get lost in it. Don't get lost in it. And I thought about um, the National Guard in Minnesota after George Floyd died in custody of the police. I'm thinking of May 26, Costa Rica becomes the first country in Central America to legalize same-sex marriage. What in the world is going on? Costa Rica, come on, Costa Rica, you know? But all this stuff is happening. And, and, and we can just say, oh, God, this is the worst thing in the world, and we need to pay attention to it. But we must be heavenly minded. We must have the mind of Christ when we respond to things. So that means paying attention to events. That means paying attention to our emotional responses. But that means being ambassadors for Christ being ambassadors for Christ. So I was talking to pastors and they wanted a safe place to cry and lament and, and, and we just made space for prayer. We made space for a lot of prayer and, and, and I was praying for the Holy Spirit to manifest. The Holy Spirit to manifest a fresh wind to his people so we're not bogged down by everything. So how did you feel with all this stuff going on? Some of us were shocked, angry, confused, some of us felt hopeless. Some of us were like, what's the, I don't get it. But listen to this. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 26, says if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Isn't that something? So pay attention to what the Lord is saying, how he is moving, and what he is doing and using to bring revival. We need the full manifestation of the spirit, the full manifestation, not partial. So today we will focus on the ways that we hinder the Holy Spirit from manifesting, right? We like to focus on the charismatic, you know, the gifts of the spirit. And we're going to definitely dive into that more this year. We have some classes and gifts are awesome. I love prophecy. I love discernment. I've been supernaturally healed, so I love it. And, and, and so those things are perfect. But if you are not where God wants you to be. Your gifts don't matter. There's diversity in the body of Christ. There's diversity of gifts because that's who our God is. Oh, I love it. I love it. He's so good. So what hinders the fullness of the manifestation? What hinders? What hinders it? And I want to start with the hindrance, number one. What hinders it? Partiality. Being partial. You know what that word means? Having favoritisms. You know, we all have our favorites. I like my favorites. You know, I choose cookies and cream over plain vanilla. We, we kind of like have our favorites, you know. I like talking to nice people. 
I like nice, easygoing people. I, you know, the hard people, oh, I gotta be in the mood, I gotta be, I can't be hungry, I can't be tired, I gotta be, you know, a certain way. I like nice people, I have my favorites. I have my favorite color, I like green, I like some grays, right? I like some, I like some pinks, but we all have our favorites, right? But guess what? There is not to be any partiality in the body of Christ. There, not, there needs to not be any partiality in the Jesus Christ. I preached on Mother's Day about being light bearers, about accepting the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Wasn't that nice? Accepting the Holy Spirit. Welcome him. He's so nice, right? We need him. We need him to partner with us. And so I, I read 2 Corinthians 13, 14. That was our anchor scripture for that time. And I want to go back to that because I think we need to go a little bit deeper in light of the things that are going on and what God wants to do in a church. It says in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, I like the New King James Version in this one. It is Paul talking and he's saying goodbye to the current church and he gives some parting benedictions and he's drawn the second epistle to a close. And I think it's great. He says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. In the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Simple thing. But I thought about it, thought about it, how it really gave a sweet description and a blessing of that Trinity, that unity and diversity. He says he says here that it recognizes the father, the father as one who loves. God is love. Right. All things flow from him. He is the creator. And I love that. He's saying, may the love of God be upon you. Isn't that good? I want the love of God in me. And then he says, the communion of the Holy Spirit be upon you and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we looked at that word communion and it had three definitions. It, it comes from the root word koinonia and it has three definitions of fellowship, partnership and intimacy. And we talked about the fellowship, right? Allowing him to come in to give us strength and to recognize that he comes in when we accept Jesus Christ. But then I want to look at today the partnership of the Holy Spirit because we need the partnership. It's when you go a little deeper with the Holy Spirit. It's when you don't make decisions out of your carnality, out of your wisdom. It's saying that, oh God, this is how I want to react. But Holy Spirit, how should I react? Come on, Jesus. How should I react? It is a partnership. You ever see a partnership that's gone wrong? <laughs> you know, where it's negative influence and it's competition and that comp partnership is not accomplishing what it should accomplish? That partnership is one step deeper than fellowship. Fellowship is fun. Fellowship is like, okay, here's my advice, but do what you want to do. Go for it. But fellowship is like, this is beyond dating, right? <laughs> this, is, this is like, Wow, he is saying something, so I don't want to grieve him. I feel the peace of the Holy Spirit because I partner with him. I get the mind of Christ in the situation. And so I thought about going deeper, partnership. It's like a joint participation. It's like a marriage. It's a gift of, 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 of we're working together. We're not alone. And then... We can make it a, we can make it, we cannot make it rather in this climate of rest without partnership with the Holy Spirit. We cannot make it because what happens is everything that's in us is going to come out. 
the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Everything that we believe, everything, even if we're right, it becomes an idol, and this is the belief, and this is how it should be, is going to come out. We get righteous with our idols of intellect, with our idols of personal experience. I know this to be true because I had an experience. And then we become subjective, and the Word of God is not our foundation, And so that's what partnership does for us. Partnership with the Holy Spirit, it purifies us. It sanctifies us. It takes every thought. It's like, Lord, I I remember when I was walking with God and I was a young woman at 20, and the things I did at 21, I couldn't do at 23 because I didn't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I didn't want to grieve him because I knew he was doing something in my life. And then I had a sensitivity to the things of God that I never had before. And it wasn't that I was pious. He just came upon me and he loved me and he and I fellowship with him and I accepted him. But now this was turning into partnership. Can we partner with the Holy Spirit Church? I mean, truly, not just spend time with God in the morning or the afternoon or the evening um, just to learn about Christ, but can our relationship with God transform our walk with love, our walk with others, so we can move in the power of the Holy Spirit and we won't offend, amen? We won't offend. And so I'm going to get into this a little bit more because I really think that It's okay to have preferences, but in the body of Christ, we cannot have partiality. I love what Albert Barnes says in his commentary. He says, Paul desires that the Corinthian church might partake of the views and feelings of the Holy Spirit. That is that they might all in common partake of the gifts and graces which the Spirit of God imparts. What does he impart? He gives us lots of gifts that we're going to go into, but he also gives us love, joy, peace, gentleness, right? How do we speak the truth in love, goodness, faith, long suffering? And and I think about as well as miraculous endowments. So he gives us the fruit and the gifts, the fruit and the gifts, the fruit and the gifts. So if you're operating in the gifts without the fruit, your gifts are going to stink, And if you operate in the fruits and not the gifts, there's no witness to the power of God. So there needs to be a perfect marriage of learning discernment of spirits and learning gifts of faith. But if we're not walking in love, it stinks. Amen. So so this is important when we talk about being partial because we gravitate to people who are like minded. It says in James 2, 1 through 4, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your church meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, right? Here's a good seat for you. But say to the poor man, you you stand back there, sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated against yourselves, amongst yourselves, become judges with the evil? So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would just help us to be a church that is not partial. That seeks to treat all people 
with love and with grace. Because if we do it to the least of them, we're doing it unto you, Lord God. So I thank you, Lord God, for that. The second hindrance is being self-centered centered versus Christ-centered. You know, preferring the self over the group, you know. So, so I just think about why are spiritual gifts given? Is it, is it for self-promotion? Is it just for our business? Is it for our gram, pictures for the gram, to promote us? No. It's for the body of Christ. Our gifts are for you. Your gifts are to bless me. We edify one another with our gifts. And so it's, it's our main text. I really want to, to lay out a foundation here with 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Apostle Paul is talking to the Corinth church, the carnal church, Corinth church, carnal church, right? And, and some things were going on. You know, there's like a spiritual elite. You know, I walk in the prophetic, so I can't move that chair. Oh, I don't know if I can eat that kind of meat. It's been sacrificed to idols. You know, spiritual elite where you give special honor to certain gifts, but the gift of helps, we don't give quite the same honor to, right? So this is what he was talking about before he went into this thing. So God does not want us to uh, be like the church of Corinthians. There were vicious lawsuits in the church because I was involved. I, this isn't a body of Christ and all this stuff was going on. Competition, not, not preferring one another and all this stuff was happening. And he's saying, hey, he says this in chapter uh, verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. <laughs> you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. OK, Paul did not mince words here. <laughs> However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but in the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of us all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another working of miracles, to another tongues, um, to another prophecy, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. And lastly, but one and the same spirit works all these things together, distributing to each one individually as he wills. It's all grace. We are not to take these gifts as if, we are elite and we studied and therefore I've arrived, right? I've just been through so much and I've been tested and tried through the storms and I've overcome. Therefore, my gift is in operation in a more distinctive way than your gift. You know, I don't say it, but my, my attitude, you feel less in my presence because this is the attitude that I'm giving forth. 
you know. I remember when, when um, I grew up in a church and gifts were really uh, encouraged. But when it's encouraged and, and, and fruits are not encouraged at the same time, you get an off-balance sense of, uh, of, 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 you know, just a sense of you're full of yourself. And I remember one day I was young and I heard this conversation and uh, this woman came into the church. She came to our church like every other week and she wanted she, she was upset because somebody was sitting in her seat. And, um, you know, that happens. That's a universal thing. And um, I was sitting behind her and she says, don't they know I'm a prophet? <laughs> I'm a prophet and the prophet has to be honored. If you have to say you're a prophet, I mean, really, who says they're a prophet? You may be moving to prophetic. You may have that mantle at times. But if you got to say it, right, if you got to say it, right, and, and, and it didn't encourage. Everybody around it was like, ooh, or wow, maybe I need to read a little bit more. I wasn't encouraged in her presence, right, because she had that ear that it was about her and not the body of Christ, because she didn't know that was a day of bring a friend to church day. And so we were all bringing people who had not been saved. People that we had went out on Saturday to the highways and the byways and to downtown and to the projects and to the trailer parks, and we were bringing them in. But she was worried about her gifts. We have to talk about this because this lays the foundation for anything that we want to do, right? For any response that we need to have. You can say one thing, but it's in the wrong spirit. And you can say another thing, but it's in the right spirit. So we have to make sure that our spirit isn't partial. Jesus loved all people. He loved all people. It was confusing. I mean, that bunch, we were the disciples. Could you, who would have picked those people? Right? Right? You think if you look at it towards the world standpoint, you know, he had blue collar workers, thieves, doctors. He had them all. Because he loved people. God loves diversity. God loves diversity of gifts, but God loves diversity of people. Isn't he great? The, 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 the Trinity, they're all diverse, but they're one. Oh, my gosh. They're all diverse, but they're one. So we can say that God loves, right? God creates. We can say Jesus redeems. And we can say that the Holy Spirit, it purifies. But that's not to the exclusion. Jesus is a purifier. Jesus um, is a creator, right? And so it's, it's a mystery, but it's so powerful about the oneness that the Trinity is exemplifying that we need to walk in that. The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is unified. We need to be unified. We need to be unified in Jesus Christ, the Redeemer. Because when that happens, the Holy Spirit moves like never before. You will see healings. You will see miracles. That takes care of itself. When you, you've seen somebody, when they had a one mission and one mind, they go, right? They go. And so what happens, there's such disunity in the body of Christ and so many schisms that we don't see the operation of the gifts. We don't see the manifestations because we're busy arguing over things that do not matter. Things that need to be addressed, but it's not the principal thing. The principal thing is Jesus died for our sins, everyone's sin. And he left us a great commission. 
And that commission is to teach others and bring them into the into Christ. Everything else isn't. And, 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 and what the Corinthian church was going through at this time, they were arguing. Oh, I like Paul. Oh, I, I think I like Jesus. Oh, I like Apollos. And, and Paul's like, I'm glad I only baptized two of you. <laughs> He's just like, because we're all human, right? And, and, and I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying we all have a human carnal piece side of us. But if we're not exercising partnership with the Holy Spirit, we will stay emotionally small. We will stay carnal. We will stay reactive. And we will not respond with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because with the power of the Holy Spirit there, there is peace. There is peace. And I just felt like with everything going on in the world, I was like, Lord, I know you're here. This is our final hour. All these things were happening in the world. You're just looking at all the storms and things that never happened but are happening. I got excited. And the peace of God, it will rule and reign in your heart. And then you'll see the miracles. Then you will see. We think that we focus on the gifts, focus on the gifts, focus on the gifts, but don't walk, focus on our love walk. We're partial and we're not unified. Amen. So we got to focus on the gift giver, not the gifted ones, not the spiritually elite. Amen. You know, and so I think that we must realize we are called to reach somebody for real. Who are you serving? Who's following you? Who, Who can you say right now, looking through your phone, I'm ministering to this person. What neighbor are you sharing the gospel with? This isn't a joke. This is this is serious. He's coming back not just for you and your household, but he's coming back for the world. And we have a price to pay. So this is this is bittersweet. Some of the things that are going on, people in pain and and I'm in pain. But there's something else that's going on. God is stirring up the gifts and he's stirring up our focus because I think the church has been in the slumber and we've been going through the motions, going through the motions, going through the motions, going through the motions and no power. We're not desperate. We're not desperate to pray through to see a miracle happen because we're so caught up. The enemy wants us to react like the world. Right. And we're just believing for our household. Oh, I'm going through this struggle and we're forgetting the group. We're forgetting the wholeness. And so I was thinking about the Lord's Prayer. Remember I talked about how I use the Lord's Prayer in the mornings to kind of ground me during my day? And I think it's kind of interesting in Matthew 6, 9, how the Lord's Prayer reminds us that we're one, that we're whole. It says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, not give me, give us. That's not a mistake. This day, our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We talk about kingdom of God, kingdom mentality. This is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God. It's not a fluke that is a plural. Jesus taught the disciples that we must pray in that plural voice. So what does that mean? I'm not focused on me. 
I'm not, Lord, give me my household, give us bread, you know, you know, bills are due. I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to give me my daily bread, but I'm also interceding. Every morning when I'm in my household thanking God for my healing, I believe God for the healing of Shannon. I believe God for total healing for my brother George because God has blessed me fully. And until we get the whole, get that word of us and not of me, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. That's the whole sanctification of the bride, that we are a us and not a me. That goes against Americanism, right? Do it your way. I got to get mine. And there's a place for that. But while you get yours, give you some bread too, because I got enough bread that the Lord has given me. And I want to give to others as God has so graciously given unto me. And I think that's so funny. Um, this author, Michelle DeRussia, says something funny about the plurals, plurals um, used in the, the Lord's Prayer. She said, truth be told, I like my version of the Lord's Prayer when I put Let your will be done. Give me, me, me. And she said, I like it better because on most days I'd rather it be all about me. I'd rather it be. Let's, be. let's be honest. Living in the community isn't always easy, right? Our coworkers vote for candidates we don't like. Our neighbors think creeping Charlie is a fine substitute for grass. <laughs> Our family members leave their dirty socks on the living room floor. Oh, I shouldn't look at my husband. Okay, okay. I'm speaking hypothetically, that's not real. Our house is harmonious and peaceful and we get along every day. Our friends hurt us. Our loved ones betray us. It's hard to be in the community sometimes. It's hard to love, but that's why we need partnership with the Holy Spirit because I can't love you with the Yolanda kind of love. I have to love you based on the love that was given to me, based on the love of the Holy Spirit that indwells me and overflows on me. And I, I've, I've had instances where people have betrayed me and that, well, when I see them, ooh, I'm gonna tell them about themselves. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna play it cool. I'm gonna act like I'm not bothered. And then when they come, I'm gonna go, oh, what you thought it was cool to do that? Oh, 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 now you wanna talk. Couldn't, couldn't return my tax. Oh, now you want to be all into what I'm doing, right? Right? That's, that's a carnal. That's a carnal response. But then, when that Holy Spirit gets upon you, you just have a love for them. It just overflows because you've been spending time with God, seeking forgiveness, purifying, and then you just want to extend that grace to them. You want to extend that love, and it's not you, lest any man boast. <laughs> but it's the love of God. That's when the true manifestation of the Holy Spirit happens. When we love not with our love, when we love with the agape love from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're trying to do things in our flesh. We look just like the world. We look just like the world. They are the world. They're supposed to react in a certain way. And we're supposed to react. We're, we're human, we're not robots. But we have a higher authority that purifies our thoughts, that purifies our minds, that purifies our, our, our mindsets. And he deals with our strongholds. 
that we're not our own boss. We've been bought with a price. Christians, that's what disciples mean. We don't get to do what we want to do. We allow the partnership of the Holy Spirit to dictate our responses. That's the difference. You ever been around pe- people who operate in their gifts and who walk in love? We know some people like that. I'm so glad they're not here. They're all celebrating their anniversary. <laughs> but Pastor Steve and Leona, they're so stinking cute. They're, they, you know how it is when you're around people who just know who they are? They know their flaws. And Pastor Steve's like, I don't think I'm good at that, but this is what I can do. <laughs> just like them. And he operates in his gifts of teaching and he operates in his gifts of leadership and he's just a quiet and he's taking it all in, right? That's what, that's the type of person he is. But Leona, I just fell in love, in love with Leona this year like over and over again because she has that kind of anointing. You see, she, that woman has a spirit of discernment. Don't let her fool you. Yeah. You know, she'll sit there go, oh, hi, but she going, oh, I see that demon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but she has that bigger picture view, but she's wise and walking with the Lord and the fruit of the spirit. So just because I got the gift of wisdom, I don't have to tell you what kind of dream I had about you immediately. I don't have to tell you thus saith the Lord quickly. She's going to make sure that it's coming from a spiritual place, a holy place and not a carnal place. I'm not trying to say they're perfect, but you got to really watch people. You know, I love watching people and people who've been married for a long time, people who've been walking this thing out in the Lord. And they're typically people who are happy in their lives and as individuals are happy in their marriages. They're people who know how to submit one to another. You ever see those marriages where it's all about that one person? I, I know somebody like that, and it's just like, well, dang, she comes home and the whole house is just tear because it's all about her. Put that up. Didn't you tell the kids to do this? And it's just like, man, could it not be about you all the time? If you're in a relationship and you're always succumbing to what the other person wants, it ain't healthy. It ain't healthy because love gives. Love gives. If anybody loves you, but they don't give to you, they don't love you. If you're always sacrificing, if you're always sacrificing, if you're always sacrificing, then you're going to be a dry well. I could tell a woman that's loved. I could tell a man that's loved. I could tell a child that's loved because they're confident to make mistakes. Because they know their love isn't filled with conditions. And they're not using their weaknesses. Well, you know, I can't do this or you know how I'm made and you know how. And instead of saying, honey, I want to do this, but I'm afraid. Can we pray about it? My instinct is to say no, but I want to submit to you. I want to submit to what God. Maybe God is trying to do something new. Maybe God is trying to relieve me of the spirit of anxiety, the spirit of fear, the spirit of depression. And I want our lives to be a picture of Jesus Christ. And so maybe, maybe my way isn't working. So submission, that's what is a hindrance in the body of Christ. When it becomes all about you and then not the other person. And lastly, the hindrance of disunity. Oh, disunity. Disunity. Oh, I, I got to say about this. I, I, I really think that 
unity has gotten, you know, this, this whitewashed um, idea. Um, I think of unity, I think of happy holidays. You know, happy holidays, we all say the same thing, but then something gets lost, right? It's like, do you celebrate Hanukkah? Do you celebrate Christmas? It's like happy holidays. I don't want a happy holidays kind of unity, right? You bring something that I can't, your perspective, your experiences, your, your, your failings, your hurts, you bring that into the body of Christ. So that gives you a special anointing that I don't have. That gives you a certain view, who you are, your, your background, your family background, your ethnicity. We don't want to take that away. It enhances the body of Christ. Right. And so sometimes we think unity means that we have to get rid of who we are. No, God likes diversity. You ever see a garden? He, he likes diversity. He makes us different for a reason. And so I want to close because partnership with the Holy Spirit. I want to see more miracles. I want to see healings. I want to see um, just God loving us and our perfections, but using people to love us and our imperfections. So therefore, we're more gifted. So I see you, I know your struggles, but I love you anyway. And then we deal with those struggles, but then out of it, you're gonna be more fruitful. I don't wanna tear you down in your struggle because you're not holy enough. I wanna build you up in your struggle so you can come freely to the same creator that healed me and that allowed me to be gifted and allowed me to walk in the gifts of the spirit. I love what Pastor David Strain says. He's one of my favorite theologians from Scotland. He says this about unity. God in three persons, so perfect that they're unequivocally one and of unity and oneness that sustains rather than destroys the distinct differences. Isn't that good? And human relation, unity undermines diversity, right? And the Trinity, unity perfects diversity. Unity perfects diversity. I love it. I, I love it. So when we exclude the poor, the weak, the downtrodden, because they're simply different. We're not being partners with the Holy Spirit. There's no way it doesn't produce the good things. And I'll close with this scripture. It's the same text we've been in, but I want to go down to verse 20. It says, but now indeed there are many members yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. <laughs> no, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. <laughs> those people who are as gifted are necessary. You know why? Because we have the opportunity to walk in the spirit. We have the opportunity to be perfected in patience. I don't want just the pretty and the well-off and the wise to be members of Calvary Life. Oh no, then we're a country club. I don't want people who think like me 
or even act like me. That's the easy route. That's the worldly route. That's a political party. We're not a political party. We're the kingdom of God. We're bigger. We're greater. Jesus brought reconciliation. So that's the side I'm on. That's the side I'm on. And those members of the body which we think are less honorable on bestow greater honor. And our unrepresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one, members are on, one member is honored, then all the members rejoice with it. 2020 has been a lot. It's been a lot of hurt. It's been a lot of pain. It's been a lot of ongoing stuff all over the world. You know, America, we can just focus on what's in America. Oh, we struggling. This has been the struggle in Bosnia and Africa forever. It's been a lot. The sin of racism, the sin of pride, the sin of greed, the sin of intellectualism. If these people just learn and know they're like us, they will get the revelation, the deeper revelation of the Holy Spirit, learning higher things. Pay attention. Pay attention. I'm so glad Pastor Grimmar said last week that we will address certain things and have certain discussions. But I want to lay a foundation before we get into that. Our foundation is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Pay attention to what the Lord is saying, how he is moving, and what he is doing to bring revival. Stand with me. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.